Welcome to the Go Digital Jason Low Show, where I interview business owners and founders alike on their strategies in digital transformation and how they scale their businesses to the next level. If you are looking to grow digitally, then this is the podcast for you. Stay tuned for today's special guest as this podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. Hey there everyone, this is Jason Lowe and you are tuning into the Go Digital with Jason Lowe show where I interview businesses, entrepreneurs alike on how they are using digital solutions or digital services to upskill and grow their business to the next level. So today I have Danny Leong, Group CEO of GHL Systems Berhad with me. GHL has been widely known to be a payment service provider across all kinds of industries, businesses in Malaysia. However, when I met Danny in my recent trip to Alibaba, I found out that payments is just a part of the whole ecosystem GHL is trying to build for the future. That is why I got Danny in today to understand more on the current landscape and what the future brings in terms of digital payments. Hey Danny, glad to have you here, man. Hi Jason, <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, for the audience, it's been quite hard to actually schedule this interview with Danny because it is super busy. I'm, I'm really, uh, I really appreciate that you can make time to be on the show so that you know the listeners across our Facebook or social media can learn more about you know this current trend, this fintech trend and whatnot. So uh, Danny, I, I know that GHL is actually a big, very big company. Uh, I just found out that you have ePay, you have uh, this, uh, you know, maybe you'd like to talk a bit more about what GHL means in the whole. Sure. Thanks, Jason. Again, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, GHL is actually uh, quite commonly confused with DHL, which is the Korea company. Really? <laughs> and uh, I always have that problem when you're on the phone telling people your email, etc. But, but off late, actually, with our presence being more prominent across the ASEAN region, the, the name, the GHL, is actually uh, people kind of are starting to recognize it. So it's easier to explain to people who and what we are. We started in 1994 as a pretty much an IT company, then move into IT-based payment company. Right? And uh, then we move into providing uh, IT uh, solutions for payment for banks, uh, like loyalty solution, uh, payment acceptance of credit card application as well as what we commonly know as EDC or terminals. Then we, we kind of transformed ourselves back in 2014. When we bought ePay, which is a the largest uh, mobile prepaid uh, provider in Malaysia. We bought ePay because we want to go into this journey of working with merchants, small merchants especially, enabling them, empowering them to grow, right? How do we do it? Basically, we are putting the ePay service, allowing small merchants to make money from collecting bills, uh, selling mobile prepaid reload, as well as enabling them to accept electronic payment, meaning going cashless from Visa card, MasterCard, to my debit payment, uh, to now, the, today it's all the e-wallets that we all talk about. So that's our vision, that's what we wanted to do. Right? We started that journey in 2014 and we pride ourselves to be very successful. Today, we are over seven countries in ASEAN. We have over a thousand employees. And in terms of acceptance point, of payment acceptance point, we have over 370,000 across the region. And we process, process about Ringgit Malaysia, 1.2 billion a month so of payment-related uh, transactions. And we work with big schemes like Visa, Master, MyDebit, all the e-wallets. We have over 100 schemes and channels today. So we've gone a long way from being an IT company back in '94 to what we are today. So uh, I would love to bring back the point. Uh, so ePay is your division where you handle uh, transactions for 
uh, mostly uh, utility services across. And then for GHL systems per heart, you guys actually focus more on, well, how do you say, the distribution of the payment solution, is it? Through like, uh, I, I, okay, uh, for people that don't know, if you, a lot of petrol stations, um, convenience stores, they actually, you have a terminal, so that terminal is actually uh, owned and managed by GHL, is that correct? Yep. Okay, uh, thanks for bringing it up. Basically, ePay is a simple business. It's a, you can call a, a a service that the merchant will make money from, i.e. by selling mobile prepaid reload, accepting bills, they get a small commission fee. Mm -hmm. right? In addition to their core business of whether you're a bookshop, whether you're a convenience shop, etc. The GHL payment business is basically enabling our merchants to accept electronic payment, mm -hmm. to go cashless. So do not need to collect cash. Mm -hmm. So basically, if their customer walks in to buy uh, something big, let's say from uh, uh, TV, you can use credit card, which is enabled by us. Something small, if you want to buy a packet of Maggie Me and you prefer to use an e-wallet to uh, accept it, uh, to accept the payment, then we enable that as well. So our vision is to enable all our merchants to accept all the relevant payment methods that is in that country. So it, it actually makes more sense for merchants to, so you guys are like a consolidated aggregator companies. Absolutely. So they find like, example, they apply, okay, I want I want to accept all kinds of e-wallets. You know how some merchants or some FMB hours that I go to, they have so, so many, right? All the, all Correct. The, uh, POSM, the flyer, over this, 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 four or five different systems. So you guys, when you guys go in, you guys act like a single, uh, single channel that would then distribute, that allows their users to choose what they want, Correct. which to pay. And, and that actually enables a lot of uh, users because whenever I, I've been talking to quite a number of traditional retail businesses or like service providers, they, they like to ask me, how do I get boost? How do I start accepting boost payments? Yeah. Huh? Or how do I accept Grab? And when if I tell them, oh, you find boost. Lah. And then the next thing, how do I implement GrabPay? Or how do I implement yep. TNG, you know? And then it's so many processes that Absolutely they just right. That's where we come in. We are like, you can call it an aggregator. So what's the value here? Like what you said, those merchants don't have to look for the, uh, the, the actual uh, providers one by one, okay? But more importantly, when we aggregate all these things, I will do my settlement, mm -hmm. payment settlement to these merchants every day. I see. Imagine you are working with five different partners. They will give you five different settlement every day and you have to do five different reconciliation every day. <laughs> that's a lot, right? That's for one, that's for five transactions five or something. Different right? of yeah, scheme, yeah, right? Yeah, right. So what we do, we consolidate everything for you, put it in a nice statement, like your credit card statement that X amount is from GrabPay, X amount is from uh, Touch and Go Digital, X amount is from Boost with all the necessary detail and one transfer to your bank account, right? So if a small merchant is still okay, you look at a merchant with multiple uh, point of sale point in their one shop, and you look at merchants with multiple shops, how much work, back-end work they need to do if they were to work with multiple players, right? So that's where our true value comes in. Yeah, so it, you actually speed up the operations of like consolidate, you know, you're not only enabling payments because uh, payment solutions, they do their marketing to allow people to drive to the footfall to the store. Then from there, you also help them to consolidate in the in the accounting sense so that all the payments are actually easier to see and this would actually speed up a lot of processes that I know businesses are facing. The you know? other thing we're helping as well is not only just the merchant, we're helping what we call the issuer, the e-wallet guys okay. like Touch and Go Digital, Boost of this mm -hmm. world to help them to look for merchants. As we all know, customer acquisition, whether it's a consumer side or the merchant side is expensive for any new business to start. So we come in to help them. We tell this 
issuers to focus on their consumer while we help them with the merchants. Because mm. if not, imagine a new player, a new fintech e-wallet coming to town, we have to handle uh, consumer growth as well as merchant growth. There's two big battles to do. So we tend to help them to expedite their merchant acceptance while they can focus their time and money into the consumer side. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so if you're a business out there that wants to expand your business immediately, go look for in JHL. Because Absolutely. How, how many, how many uh, touch points again you have in Malaysia alone? I know you mentioned 300 over 1,000, that's the region, right? But in Malaysia alone, Malaysia let's say, alone, I think it's a, a, over 220,000. Over 220,000 touch points. So yeah. the, uh, the interesting fact about JHL, because I'm, I've been trying to like strike a few other projects, is that they are in uh, many times places that are untapped where we call the more uh, rural areas, you know, you have touch points for payments there, You're enabling certain kind of digitization in terms of uh, payments to small merchants in like a bit more rural areas, suburban areas and whatnot, right? Yep. We are actually, we focus on the merchant. Mm -hmm. So we will provide what solution that is comfortable with the merchant. Mm -hmm. So we got probably about six or seven different ways of accepting payments uh, from big merchants like uh, hypermarkets, to very small burger stores, uh, durian uh, 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 seller, Sellers, as yeah. well as yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. So we have a full suite of solution to suit, suit any one of these uh, merchants, mm -hmm. right? because their way of uh, accepting payments, the way they operate is very different. So you can't have one size fit all, one solution fit all. Mm -hmm. True. So bringing back the point about you know, 300,000 across the region, I've seen uh, the GHL LinkedIn page ton of updates on expansion and whatnot. So, uh, I mean, I think you're the only person I can actually ask this question. You've seen it from above, like a regional perspective. Uh, what's your take on how the other regions are, are growing and how it affects like Malaysia or something like that? Other region within ASEAN, you mean? Mm, yeah, within ASEAN. Okay, basically, uh, very, very good point. Actually, the way I see it in my space, right, in our, our payment space, the if I have to say Indonesia and Thailand are very aggressive, very progressive. Right. Uh, clearly, the uh, in terms of acceptance from the consumer market as well as the players mm -hmm. playing in the market is very very uh very aggressive. Right. Malaysia probably comes in comfortable three, right, which is good because as you know, Malaysian usually are very good entrepreneurs, right. So uh, ha having Malaysia being number three, I think probably because of their size a bit, mm -hmm. and I think we are not far off and. Uh, the best thing is we have so many players in, well, we have 43 e-wallet uh, e players, <laughs> which is, people say it's too many, but I say it's good because that's where it helps to change the market, mm -hmm. help to change people's behavior, right? Then you got the other smaller markets, like, uh, not smaller, big markets like Philippines, which adoptions are slightly slower, right? Uh, but it's coming, right? Then you got smaller markets like Cambodia, Vietnam, uh, and probably Myanmar, right? Uh, all in all, ASEAN, if you ask me in terms of, uh, digital payment is actually very advanced. I dare to say probably outside China, probably ASEAN region is probably number two uh, in terms of mobile-based digital payment. Mm, right. Uh, so like like what Danny mentioned, even you want to grow Malaysia to be like mass acceptance of e-wallets, you need up to 43 players because with all these players only, they have they can do their own marketing awareness strategy to do because Malaysia, even though like we, uh, everyone like to say, ah, market very small, only 30 million plus minus, you also need all, so much effort already to make the adoption rate. Uh, so you no one company can actually, you know, they spend so much money. So it's all these kind of like collaborative efforts, but everyone only Malaysia can upskill digitally, right? Yep. I, I always recommend to people who wants to work in ASEAN, have an ASEAN dream to start in Malaysia. Mm. Why? 
it's not hugely big, 32 million or so is a good size, but it's the different uh, culture, different ethnicity that we have. Mm. You know, from Malay, Chinese, Indian, mm. uh, Westerners and all. Gives you a very good blend. And I always tell people, if you're ready with Malaysia, you're ready to go Indonesia, <laughs> you're ready to go other places. In Probably, terms of yes, pro yes. product, in terms of what? Yes. Yeah, of course, country will have their country challenges, right? Mm -hmm. But at least you culturally, the language, etc., you will co you co cover pretty much most of ASEAN by then, once you sort out Malaysia. So I was always still encourage people to uh, start with Malaysia. All right, that's, that's a very that's a very interesting. I mean, it's a good point, you know, coming from someone that's been through the region. <laughs> Thanks for promoting Malaysia that way, man. <laughs> we always need, you know. Uh, strong feedbacks on why you gotta start to work in Malaysia and so on right yeah. so okay guys so right now we're taking a break after the break we're gonna talk more on the key initiatives that will enable Malaysia to be the next digital payment nation of hopefully Southeast Asia stay tuned guys GHL has been the leading digital payments provider since 1994. If your business is looking to integrate all of the latest payment solutions available in the market today, like e-wallets, Visa, Mastercard, MyDebit, and even Alipay, then look no further. Head on over to ghl.com today. That is ghl.com today to find out more. Hey guys, welcome back. You are tuning into the Go Digital with Jason Lowe show. Today I have Danny Leong, Group CEO of GHL Systems Berhad with me, where uh, we actually talked about uh, the ecosystem in Malaysia, how GHL is helping merchants to go uh, to accept more digital payments, and how GHL is expanding their reach to uh, the region around ASEAN. So uh, I would like to bring back uh, towards something more local, a bit something more uh, interesting, is that the government recently has announced uh, Budget 2020, of course, and in that budget itself, the government has been talking on certain initiatives that can enable uh, the Rakyat or the people of Malaysia to adopt e-wallets through the subsidy of, I think it's 30 ringgit if I'm not wrong. Yep, that's what we understand it to be. Yeah, right. And then this will promote all kinds of transactions. So what's your take on it, uh, like this kind of government support initiative towards the upscaling of this kind of digital payments in Malaysia? I think it's brilliant. I mean, uh, first of all, I think they, from a government standpoint, they actually really, really allow a lot of players to come into play. As I mentioned earlier, that 43 license holder, as far as I know. And now they're actually quote unquote, putting in money to promote the market. And I think they're putting it at the right place, putting it into the consumer's hand to encourage them to change behavior, change usage, move away from cash. And I, I, the whole industry look at this very, very positively. Is it the same across the region example? Like when you went to uh, Philippines, Indonesia and Thailand, was that like this kind of strong uh, hand-holding support from the government to the citizens there too? The regionally, uh, the different countries has different level of support, right? Uh, but generally speaking, the most of the support comes into more of regulation, not so much of money, right? I think Malaysian government probably, as far as I know, is probably the first to uh, actually, uh, quote-unquote, put in money to promote uh, e-wallet adoption. But uh, hopefully the other countries will follow suit as well. <laughs> then, then of course, because when we went to Alibaba, we, we witnessed how uh, the Chinese government has been so supportive with initiatives from Alibaba, from Tencent, you know, all kinds of uh, regulatory uh, regulatory issues. They try to enable them. And it is true, all these kind of more progressive uh, arrangements done by all parties that only we can see something achievable to the extent. Because the question, I, I mean, I've been in the industry for some years, is that well, why, why countries can't be like Alibaba? Or like, it's not, not countries, right? Why can't companies be or move as fast or as scale as fast as Alibaba? And many times, uh, the market is one thing, 
but uh, the the economy, the government, the governance around the whole thing is, and I feel another very crucial uh, play that comes into the picture. So, what do you think the uh, the government is trying to achieve through this kind of initiatives? Is it actually, of course, I I, I don't want to say it's to benefit all the e wallet companies out there. It's actually for the citizens. What do you think the government had in mind when they want to introduce this in the first place? I think not. Only Malaysia. I think I, I see it across the world, especially more prominent in ASEAN countries, the central banks and the government. They truly believe that going cashless. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly believe uh, going cashless is the right way to go, uh, and uh, for various reasons. Some may say for tax reasons, for safety reasons, for hygiene reasons. But they have collected Hi- hygiene reasons. Uh. Yeah, you they- made the management of all this cash. You know the t- too many people touching. It. Correct. Whether you like it, I mean, uh, you don't think about it, but when you think about it, you you know how girly it can be. <laughs> to be. Yeah, I mean, you get back a, like a change from a Correct. convenience store, and Correct. like, oh, why does it look so, so black? So the key that actually that all the government actually really really see the true value of going cashless, and they are really really uh, promoting it, and which is which is brilliant. I mean, I don't mind sharing another story that I had uh with from the uh some years back on from the Indonesian government. They said money we have. But we really need money when in terms of crisis. When they had the tsunami in Aceh, they had money, but they couldn't send the money to Aceh. Oh, what? They what, can't what? physically send mm. it because of uh, you know, if they had to helicopter cash in, etc. <laughs> so back then, you can imagine they they wish they had an e wallet when they just can TT over and also go transfer over digitally, and the money is, uh, get pushed into right people, right? And fast. Alright, so they, they, it can be like government fund transfer to a bank, but then like how can the bank? You you mean the sense? How can the bank? No, in Indonesia, actually, a lot of them are even unbanked, right? Based on precisely. The, yeah, based on the recent. Precisely. It's not like okay la, I I send money to Maybank, Maybank you counting your. If, <laughs> whatever, yes, right? if it's a uh, very bank market, right? Then in terms of crisis, you can just uh, bank to a bank account, yeah, right. right? Indonesia is not as we all know, right? Philippines when they have crisis and to reach there, imagine helicoptering cash into it. <laughs> Physically oh distributing to million people. How long would that exercise take? Whereby if you if they had an e wallet back then, it literally a click of a button and boom, they all you know they can. So so I think from uh, experiences like this, the governments collectively learn and share that the importance of going cashless. Hmm. I mean, this is a very interesting point. I think these are new. Uh, how to say? Stories that don't get up too often on the importance. Everybody, you know, the Malaysian mentality. I mean, I'm gonna uh, relate this to the next question. I'm gonna bring up anyway. The Malaysian mentality on e-wallets and all this is discounts. You know, I'm I'm going. Why why do you want to do this? Cause got cause got discount. No, why do you want to do that? This or discount. When I came back from, uh, this is a true story. I think I told you before. Uh, all this what I I myself also know about e-wallets, but I only very actively use them this year. That's also because I went to Alibaba, they got to force us to do it. And then, ah, uh, it's pretty convenient. And I came back. When I came back to Malaysia, the first thing that I did was I went and buy bubble tea. Any typical young teenager would do these days. Um, okay, I'm not a teenager anymore. <laughs> That's not the point. And then when I wanted to buy the bubble tea, I said, ah, okay, I want to use this e-wallet company to do it. And he questioned me back, you know, the cashier. Ah, but sir, we don't have a discount right now. You sure you still want to use it? I stare at him, oh. You, you sh- yeah, I, I want to use it anyway. Okay, like, if you don't get your discount, don't come and like complain back to me. Eh? So I think a lot of uh, perception in the users today, they're still pretty <laughs> stuck on the fact that they're only using this for discounts and promo codes. But do you think this is a necessary uh, initiative by the companies to actually promote usage in the first place? I okay, Frankly speaking, if you think Malaysia cashback is 
strong, it should try Indonesia. They're looking at minimum 30 to 40, 50% cash cashback. Really? That's Indonesia. That's how competitive it is. Oh, wow. Okay. If you ask me, I think some incentive for adoption is always going to be good, right? Whether from government or 30 ringgit, etc. Or whether a 5% uh, cashback, etc. It's always good to promote adoption, any adoption, right? I think the problem here we have is because everybody is chasing the same group of people. So they try to top each other, uh, uh, better each other from 5% to 10% to 20%, etc. Right? But nevertheless, I think it's uh, healthy, right? And the num from the numbers that we see, because we do a lot of promotions with the uh, e-wallet, and we actually do see volumes drop a bit when you don't have campaign, but not dropping a lot. So basically, they, uh, whenever there's a new campaign, it brings volume to a new level after the campaign stops. The interesting things that we saw recently was the volume, as in ringgit, may have dropped, but the transaction count maintained when it's during promotion. So what that means? What that means is people are still using it as many times, but they're buying different things. They're buying things that are cheaper, which makes sense for e-wallet. You, you're not going to... I would say you're not going to buy a TV with an e-wallet, unlikely. Uh, they do day-to-day -day things, right? And uh, smaller accessories and stuff like this. So we see that transaction count maintaining even without uh, campaign. But of course, the volume dropped a bit, which is a very, very, very healthy, very, very good uh, data set that we, uh, we see. So we're actually very, very bullish with what's happening. Do, do you guys actually compare? I mean, of course, if you want to say the king of e-wallet usage country is definitely China right now. Do you guys uh, compare this kind of data with how China went through their past five years and then how Malaysia or the, the region is going through. Is it actually very similar trends or do you feel that uh, the economic differences is uh, it's different, you know? It's, uh, it's very hard to compare with China. I mean, mm -hmm. China is uh, it's just too big, right? Uh, and what we learned in uh, Alibaba when we went together, Jason, is uh, Alipay only started the payment part of it in 2011. That's only eight years ago. So that was a shocking for me. Right, and we started. Except not, not only for you, I think all of us were like, "Hey, not very long." Ago, I thought it was forever. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, since right? the beginning, right? So yeah. it was twenty eleven. I was shocked, and then we started with Alipay for Thailand in twenty sixteen. So, and we were probably the second or third country to bring Alipay out. Right. So imagine within five years, Alipay has gone international. That's how well they have done. So back to when better compare, I think I won't compare. I will learn. If you see all the e-wallet guys, what they're doing now, they, I dare to say, like, they're basically taking a 101 lesson from Alipay, do what Alipay is doing, and localize it. You know, from all the other, what we call the in-app purchases. The real money and real value eventually won't be the cashback that you get from the uh, convenience store, etc. Uh, that is what we call hygiene, as in it's good to have. Uh, promote consumption but the true value that keep people using it is what is inside the app that you can use it for like what we experienced transport that we did in uh in Hangzhou, Hangzhou. yeah in yeah. Hangzhou. everything in there you can buy insurance micro micro, micro management loans, and everything borrow stuff right. for any person correct day. correct whereby payment is just a i call it hygiene basically it's just part of the day-to-day -day, mm. right but the real value is what you have inside and mm. If you look in detail of what the wallet guy at least in Malaysia are doing, it's actually they're doing a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, in-app, a lot of value in, in that. They need to start promoting that. Mm. Then the payment side will be natural. Mm. 
Oh, it's actually fantastic to hear all this, uh, how would I say, positive news. You have the government coming to support. You have the e-wallet players still being, of course, competi- competitiveness is a good thing to everything like, in general. Yeah. And then you have, uh, like you say, the transactions all are still quite healthy. Even though they don't throw money, to, I mean, the companies don't throw too much money for discounts, but people are also still maintaining that transactional value. So yeah, I mean, uh, from your the, from a summary that I get, right, is that uh, Malaysia is actually quite poised to continue this growth in like 2020 and beyond. So this is a funny thing, you know, uh, a lot of people have been saying that, wow, Wawasan 2020, the digital nation, seems like so far impossible already. But with all of this news, I've been interviewing quite a lot of people. I've heard quite a number of stories about all this kind of adoption. The rates are going up, digitization is happening across. So I, 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 I want to believe myself that maybe that digital Wawasan 2020 is not too far-fetched after all, I feel. Right. Hopefully, lah. <laughs> I mean, uh, to me, we are we're definitely there. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Uh, Very positive. Asking, at least Malaysia, we are definitely there, mm-hmm. right? It's all down to, it's all about how how you want to measure it, right? Right. And whether it's percentage of population, percentage of user, yeah, there are a lot of measure. But to me, it's the other way is a general feel of adoption, right? Uh, why I say we are there because if you look at digital payment acceptance, right, using as a mobile base, as I mentioned just now, outside of China. ASEAN is the second biggest in the world. Mm-hmm, like correct. If you go to the West, whether it's US or Europe, you hardly see, I mean, short of Apple Pay here and there, you don't see the true uh, digital uh, payment, digital mobile digital payment adoption in those countries. So I actually pride myself in terms of ASEAN is really, really doing very, very mm. well. And I'm very confident that Wabasan Twenty we are there. All right, that, that's that's amazing. That's very positive, and this is this kind of <laughs> attitude that we have to maintain. You know, as uh, business owners, as people, as uh, players, that enables digitization of services, operations, and products to people. That is definitely the kind of attitude that uh, that we need so that Malaysia will keep going forward in that sense. Huh? Alright, so Danny, thanks so much for your sharing. We've actually come down to the end of the show. Uh, previously, before I interviewed Danny, said, uh, Danny should ask me, how long should I answer for each question? And he said, it can go on and on. I said, okay, let's see what happens first. Uh, no one asked me that question, so I don't have a minute count for you. So, But I think this has been great. We are about uh, one episode length. So thank you very much, Danny, for your time. I appreciate it a lot. I hope uh, you know, GHL continue will be that champion in this scene and whatnot. So all right, guys, till next time, you have been tuning to the Go Digital Jason Lowe Show. Bye, guys. Bye, Danny. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. Production by Rainworks Studio with my friend Chintat, music by Ofnil Naga and yours truly. Enjoyed this episode? Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform for more. This was Go Digital with Jason Lowe.